Everyone say heart check. All right, say heart check one more time because I would have said say your neighbor, but I'm not going to do that. Say heart check. Awesome. Hey, so if you guys are like me and, and you have doctor's appointments or, or physicals or maybe you've gone to the emergency room, urgent care, or whatever, you visited a doctor one way or another, you guys would all agree with me and at home too you would agree with me that every single time you walk into the facility and it is your turn to you know, get evaluated, they will always check your heart. Yes or no? Agree with me, right? All right. They will always check your heart. You know, it could be a foot issue, and they need to check your heart. <laughs> it could be I got a headache, and they will check your heart. It could be um, I stubbed my finger, and it's broken or something, and, and they need to check your heart. They need to check the rhythm, and they're always just checking, do some breathing, let's check your heart, let's see how things are going. I remember being, no, I don't remember, my mom told me that when I was little, um, she would take me to the doctor's appointment and they, caught, uh, they saw that I had a heart murmur and that I was going to grow out of that heart murmur not to be concerned about anything. And, and, but they wouldn't have caught that until they checked my heart. Now, she didn't go into the doctor's appointment for that routine, but they always just check the heart. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it's what a doctor does, you know, and it's important because the heart really is the main function uh, of your whole body. Now, there's a lot of important organs. There's a lot of important things going on, but the heart is the main source of your blood supply getting through your body. Now, the other day, I was, I was just looking at what does the heart do? I want to know more about the physical heart, and when you look at a heart, a healthy heart, it really... Uh, what it does is it takes the blood, okay, and it pumps it through your body. But there's two chambers. And according to your right side, there is the poor blood cells that are, they call them blue blood cells. They, what they do is they, uh, it sits there, goes through the lungs to get new oxygen. So it goes into becoming red blood cells or rich blood cells. And it goes to the left side of the chamber. And what it does is it pumps it through the rest of your body. And that's how you get your blood going, right? Your blood flowing. Now, that was just a basic. Okay, don't, don't, don't. If you're in the medical field, don't try to grade me right now, okay? I mean, I, I, I just YouTubed it. That's all I did. I got the basic necessity. And all I wanted to say was this. Your heart is the pump of your body, okay? It's the pump of your body. We get, we're, we're, you're with me so far, right? Okay. So, we understand that, you know, with the doctor's visits, that when they do physicals or examinations, when we go intentionally, they're going to check what's going on here because they want a healthy heart. And if there's an issue, they will address the heart. They will do whatever it takes. I've heard of surgeries being successful. I've heard of heart transplants being successful. I've seen a lot of things in the ministry where it had to deal with the heart, and it was always successful. I've seen a mechanic aortic valve. It became successful, and it's now healthy. It's just phenomenal what they do to the heart. But how important it is for the heart. Uh, you know, I, I've actually got to witness one time um, where uh, they had to stop traffic because they had to move a heart from one facility to the next facility. And all traffic had to stop because that one heart was important. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And so we see the importance of that. And so when we, go to, when we look at the series called Heart Check, it's going to be no different spiritually speaking. You know, the purpose really of, of this series for the next few weeks uh, is to simply talk to you, all you guys, about the importance of your physical spiritually. Have you ever had a spiritual physical? Have you ever had an examination spiritually speaking? 
You know, most of us have not. And it's, it's, it's the truth. It's out there because they weren't taught it. That's why. They weren't taught what the scriptures tells us to do, what God sees. You know, and so this series, we're going to talk about, we're going to examine, let's say it that way. We're going to examine, okay, we're going to have a physical, we're going to examine how's our attitude going? How's our attitude when it's hard? How's our attitude when it's frustrating? You know, how, how are we handling that? Because that has a direct, direct uh, link to our heart. We're going to talk about our reactions. How, how do we react towards people when they rub us the wrong way? Or I've heard people say, they just push my buttons. They push my buttons. You guys are not saying nothing because you guys all said it. That's why. <laughs> you know, and it's like, how do, we, how do we react to that? Because there is a way to react when people do push the buttons. When they know the code. And they walk away. You know, we're going we're gonna to talk about, we're going to talk about in a series uh, of our heart check, we're going to talk about how are we loving people. And I'm not saying, oh, I love my husband and I love my wife. I'm talking about those that are unlovable, that is hard to love. How are you loving them according to what God teaches us? That's a, a physical, a spiritual physical, because that has a direct link to our hearts. We're also... You guys ready for this one? This is the one I'm very excited about. We're also going to be talking about how are we doing in our thought life, in our thinking, where no one sees it but God. You know, we can come up and we can, we can have this demeanor of going one way, but reality is our thoughts are in the garbage. And, our, and it's, it's, it's negative. It's, it's, it's betraying. It's, it's, it's a thought life. And God says, I want that lined up. We're going to have a spiritual physical. I'm excited about the spiritual physical because we need it more than ever. More than ever. At home, you need it more than ever. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. The Bible says, the Lord okay, does not look at, at the things people look at. I'll, I'll stop there for a second. Why did he say that? Because he's showing the eternal side of things, while we're in the natural side of things. We see from an outward perspective. We look at shoes. We look at jeans. I don't mean to look at you, Eddie. I'm just, you're my example right now. I look at your shirt, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things that we look at, and we, you know, by human nature, come up with some type of judgment. You know, we can tell, do they have a lot of money? Do they not have a lot of money? Unfortunately, our thoughts go there. But there is a way to discipline yourself to not get to that point anymore. And, and, and God says, look, you look at the outward, but I don't. Look what he says in the next, next sentence. He says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Other translations says he examines the heart. He determines the heart. It's always been a heart issue. I think, I think David is the perfect example of this one. David as, as a boy. When Samuel, the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17, you'll see the story of David and his life and how it begins. Samuel is commissioned by God to go anoint the next king of Israel. This person is going to lead God's people. So he goes to Jesse's house, not mine, but Jesse from the Bible. He goes to Jesse's house, okay, because Jesse has his boys and the the Lord told him to go there. And he says, you're going to anoint the next king. And all these brothers... All these brothers come up, and they line up. You ever watch American Idol in the beginning? Not when they're performing, but when they're trying to get an audition. You guys know what I'm talking about? Go like this to me. Okay, I know we're in church, but just, just let me know you know what I'm talking about. Okay, and so, so what happens is in American Idol, they, they get ready for an audition, and they put on their best. 
They put, me, 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 and they're like horrible, but me, 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 and they're doing their best, right? And so as they're putting on their best, they're, they're, they see the camera looking, oh, they're looking at me, now check this out. And they're standing a certain way, they're posing a certain way, because they know fame is lingering right over them. There's fame that they can just inherit and be in. And so that's what makes them put their best. And the reason why I say that illustration is because of this. All right. When Jesse had his boys uh, uh, lined up, he told his boys, the prophet Samuel is going to anoint one of you guys in royalty. You're going to enter royalty. And so as, as they all line up, you know these men. Chest up. Suck it in. Let's get it going. And every single one, if you know the story, and if you don't read the story, please read the story. You, you'll see that every single one. Samuel's like, oh, surely that guy. Because Samuel, the prophet, was also looking through the outward appearance. Surely he's like, look at the stature, look at the height, look at the muscles. <laughs> and he heard the word of the Lord. For I have rejected him. I have rejected him. They go down the line. I have rejected him. It comes down to the last one he sees. I have rejected them. I mean, you got a picture of Samuel looking up. What? You set me on this Sabbath day walk all the way over here to not annoy. What's going on, God? He's like, I've rejected them all. And he looks at the father, Jesse. Jesse, do you have any more boys? Yeah, I do. Man, that's, that's bad if it's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's out in the field. His name is David. He's uh, shepherding some sheep right now. You know what? Just, go, just call him in here. And the Bible says this ruddy boy came in. Probably hot and sweaty. Smell like sheep. You know he probably did. He comes in. And I don't, know, I don't know why, but I see Jesse running in. Or, I'm sorry, David running in. Yeah, Dad, what's up? Hurry up, because i got to get back. i got to go back to taking care of these sheep real quick. And the moment he walks into the sight of Samuel, God says, anoint him as king. Now, <laughs> this is my translation. I can see Samuel go, what? Him? Because it's an outward thing. But God says, I looked at the heart. I see his heart. You can't see it. I can see his heart. And that man, that boy, that's going to be a man, he's going to lead my people. You see that God is about the inward. He looks at our hearts. He values our hearts. He examines our hearts. Even in the Bible it says that at nighttime when we're sleeping, he is in our, the depths of our hearts. He's doing a surgery within us, spiritually speaking, and he's in the depths of our hearts working with us. That's why some of us who are so in tune with God will wake up in the middle of the night and we are like, I got to pray about something. Or why did you wake me up, God? Because his hands are in the depths of your heart. He's working. Or I got to repent about this. I didn't mean to do this God you he's working in you he's working in you there are, there are desires there are desires that God has for your life that he has a desire for you a lot of times we talk about well God will give me the desires of my heart understand your father has on heaven has a desire in his heart for your life too and we are going to, we're going to nail these things out the next few weeks. The, the, some of the things I'm going to give you is that the Father's heart, his desire for your life is that he desires for you to serve him. For you to serve him. Okay? Serve him. He want, whatever God-given gift he has given you, whatever blessing that you have in your life was to serve him and not for you to hoard it for yourself. Because a lot of times we have some rich spiritual giftings, and we hoard it. And we'll share it with the closest friend. Oh, here, you can have some of that. Thus says the Lord. And we get really holy on it, but God says, no, I need you to serve me. 
so we can get to the world. His desire is, is for you to serve him. His, another desire that the Father has in his heart is for you to love him. Love him. He wants you to be in a position where your love for him is top priority in your life. My wife and I, we have this thing that we said that we were taught and we still have it today. He said, baby, you're my number two. She was like, you're my number two as well. Because our number one is him. Our number one is him. And then we're each other's number two. It's because his love for, uh, that he has in us, he wants it to come right back to him. Isn't it awesome when you can tell a three-year-old or a two-year-old that's just learning to talk, I love you, and, and you don't expect nothing, and they go, I love you who? <laughs> and it just stops everything you're doing, like, oh, my God, come here. And you go on your knees, and you, you're kissing him, and you're hugging him, and you're doing everything you can because you got the affection back. What does our God do when he says, I love you, and you stop in your chair and say, God, I love you too, Father. Let me just worship you. He's like, hey, come here. Let me smooch on you really quick. He desires that in his heart. We look too much at our own desires that we neglect our Father's desires that he has in his heart. He has so many desires for you, and they're always good. The other, other thing that, that, the heart, that he desires in his heart is that you will keep his word close to your heart. That you would incline his word. His word is final for your life. I have an 11-year-old boy, and uh, Joshua, and he's a phenomenal kid. He loves the Lord. He, I mean, he is spirit-filled, uh, water-baptized, the works at a, such a young age that I never even pressed him to do. He said, Dad, I want to do this. So I taught him. He's 11 today, knowledgeable of the word, hears God's voice, but he's still 11 years old. And I say that because he's an 11-year-old boy. Okay? And, and, and there are times where I'm like, hey, bud, I'm like, I need you to go do this for me. I'll give him a task. He says, okay, dad, while he's playing video games. So in tune with the video games. I'm like, Joshua, I, I, I need you to go do this right now. Okay, dad, I'll, I, let me just finish this, and then I'll get to you. Okay, dad. I'm like, Joshua, you need to listen to me, bud. You need to hear me. You need to know what I'm talking. Okay, dad, I'm, I'm listening, though. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening, dad. I got you. And he's so gaze on. And then the dad mode, they have the authority of a father. You guys know what I'm talking about? The authority. Come to the, shut that thing off right now and look in my eyes. Bloop, bloop. Yes, daddy. You know, and he starts looking. And I give him the same instructions, and there are some things that leaked that he didn't catch. Oh, you wanted me to do it now. Oh, I got you. Now. Okay, dad, I'll go do that right now. I say that because how many times do we do that to God? God's giving us instructions. Okay, Father, yes, yes, I will do that, but I, you know, let me get some things done real quick. I got, my, I got such a busy schedule. I, I, I had my devotion already, but let me, I need you to do this right now. But okay, God, I'm on it. When I get in my prayer closet, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. We're in agreement. I follow the scriptures. Matthew 18, 19 says it. Two or more, we're there. Let me finish this real quick. And he says, listen to me now. And you realize that sternness. I don't know about you, but I would get a sternness. I'm like, oh, snap. God's wanting me to listen to him right now. And I look at him, and he would say, I need you to do this now. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'll do that. He desires, he desires for you to be close to his word. His word is not just reading the Bible. That is his scriptures, his word that we go in. But there are times he speaks to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's his word as well, too. And when he gives you a word, he wants you to be close to that. And he wants you to go with that. Another thing he desires for your heart is that you simply follow him. 
You follow him in every. Well, I am. I call myself a follower of Jesus. Yeah, but how is your decision making going? When you have to make a decision, when you face a fork in the road, when you either have to go left or right, are you consulting that with God and saying, God, which, which way do you want me to go? Because I'll go any way. I know Abraham and Lot, they faced a fork in the road together, and they had to choose one or the other. And Abraham says, you choose. Go ahead. I'll let you get what you want. And what, what Lot did is he saw what was pleasing to the eye, and he followed it. But Abraham knew what was pleasing to God. He says, wherever you take me, God, you're going to make that thing grow. And he did. That's the faithfulness of following God. That's what God does in our life. He also desires from his heart that you will seek him. You will seek him. Who's played hide and seek? Everybody should be raising your hands. You all played hide and seek at home. You played hide and seek. Here's the thing. When you play hide and seek, see, I've, okay, let me say it this way. I've played hide and seek with my kids, and i played hide and seek with my sisters when I was younger. There's a difference. The reason why I say that is because when I play hide and seek with my kids, I'm actually looking for my kids. Because I don't want them to be stranded alone. I remember one time Malaya hid behind the curtains and her feet were sticking out. You can't find me, Daddy. And, of course, I'm going to like, oh, where's Malaya? Where's Malaya? But I'm intentional. She knows I was intentional. And we found her. But when, as, a, as a brother, when I was younger with my sisters, I'm the seeker. Ready, set, go. They're gone. I go watch some TV, play some video games. <laughs> I'm laughing by myself. <laughs> this is the best. This is the 30 minutes of quietness without my sisters. I don't got to share right now. Like, there's a difference. The reason why I say that, and I love my sisters. Don't get me wrong. I love my sisters. But I'm the only boy, too. So it ha I had to find ways to be have fun. But I, the only reason why I say that is because... There are times, there are ways when we seek, we are intentional and we're not intentional. We'll say we're seeking, but we're not intentional about it. Or we say we're seeking and we're very intentional about it. And what God desires in our hearts is to be very intentional when you seek him, when you look for him, when you read his scriptures. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God. Then all these things will be added unto you. Seeking intentionally is a key in your life it's what's going to cause you to grow it's going to cause you to find a healthy spiritual heart in you where you're in a position where nothing's really going to phase you you're going to be able to trust your god what he also what, what he also desires from his heart is that that uh you you will continue to praise him and i'm not talking about playing music singing on the top of your lungs type of praising that's good but what i'm saying is body language action you know, your, 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 your demeanor, your face. There are times my wife would say, Jesse, you're, you're talking with your face. <laughs> Husbands, have you ever got that from your wife? And I'm like, no, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm talking with my face. Well, you say yeah, but your face is saying no. <laughs> well, I said yes, but your face is saying no. <laughs> so we're just not going to do it. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't realize my face talks. You know, how many times do we... Do we, we praise God on a Sunday, we're all good, and we're together, but we're together, and we want to continue to praise. We don't. And we say with our words, I'm going to praise you, God, but we truly are not in action. We're just saying it with the words because we're trying to make ourselves believe it. We're trying to trick ourselves to saying, I am a praiser, but we're really not praising God. See, praising God requires action and faith in action. Action and faith in action. Okay? And so when, when you praise God, it's praising God when you're in a need. It's praising God when you can be the person in the person's life to help them in their need. It's praising God when it's awesome. It's praising God when it's hard. It's praising God on the, the tops of the hills. It's praising God when you're in the valleys. 
It's praising God when it's, when it's dry ground. It's praising God when I have to walk on water with God. That's the true praise he desires from you. That's in his heart that he wants from you. He also desires trust. He wants you to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. What does trust mean? It simply means even when you don't see it, even when you don't see it, you will still follow his voice. Do we have anybody that's a pilot in here? I'm just curious. Pilots, raise your hand. Nope, okay. Well, I have a friend who works in the, uh, that's awesome. Got a couple kids that are pilots over there. That's awesome. <laughs> So, so I have a friend who works in the airlines, and, and we, when we went to the Philippines, we were talking about how a plane works for a while, and they were telling me about the gauges. And there are times that you're saying that the gauges uh, are what you need to trust and rely on, because you could be flying in fog, and you don't see what's in front of you, and your feeling could be, well, we're going straight, but your reality is you're tipping sideways, and you won't even know. But I feel good. So what, they have to go against what they feel and trust what the gauges say. And they were telling me stories of people that neglected the gauges and followed their feelings. And it ended up in a crash. And he was teaching me while we were driving in the plane, while we were riding in the plane, he was teaching me, hey, you have to, the pilot has to trust their gauges because the gauges knows what's taking them. Even if they don't see it, they have to rely on their gauges. That's what we have to do. That's what God wants. When we don't see it in life, when we don't understand, he says, I got something for you. Don't go by your feeling. Go by my word. Go by my heart. Go by my spirit in my life. Trust me. Because if you don't and you follow your emotion and you base decision off of your emotion, you're going to crash. You're going to crash in life. Don't do it. Don't follow your emotions. There are many, many times I have, I have sessions with people that they want to make a fast decision, and I can see, man, they're in an emotion right now. And I would tell them, I would tell them, don't make an, a decision right now. Let the dust settle a little bit, then let's talk. No, I need to do this now. I just feel it. No, don't do it right now. Because what tends to happen is if we're in anger, we make a bad decision. When we're in hurt, we tend to hurt somebody else. When we're in pain, we can care less about anybody. We're numb to everybody else. And we stop doing what God wants us to do. He also says, the last one I'll give you is, that he, his heart's desire as a father is he just simply wants you to believe him at his word. That's it. Believe God at his word. His word is final and, and is a final authority in our lives. And he says, when I say do this or when I say this is going to happen, believe me at my word. The Israelites are a perfect example about that. When the manna came down on earth, we, you know, when he would feed them, he gave them instructions. He says, believe me, trust me, I'm going to feed you for today and then trust that I'm going to be there tomorrow. Believe me that I'm there already tomorrow. Some didn't believe him. And what did they do? They gathered. They gathered. They gathered for tomorrow. We know the story. It went bad. It was bad. And, and so a lot of times we, we, tend, to, we tend to do that. I, I'm victimized, or not victimized, but I fall into this trap sometimes where I, uh, I know God said to do this, and I, I'm like, God, do I have to believe? You know, I just, it's hard. It's so hard. I've been in that position before. But I can tell you every single time I always say, God, I believe you're there tomorrow. He always shows up. And actually one time he told me I don't show up. Jesse, I'm already there. <laughs> Time can't stop him. He's like, Jesse, trust me today. I'll provide for you. But believe in my word that I'm there tomorrow because I'm already there. You don't see me, but I'm there already. 
That, that, that's what he wants us to get to uh, in our life. He wants our hearts to just believe him the moment he says something. Just believe him at his word. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10. The Bible says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine, there's that word again, examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. You know he's talking to you and me, right? You know he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the world. He says your salvation is secured. You are heaven bound. You are my child. But I am examining you. Okay, he didn't say I'm judging you. He says I am examining you on your works and your actions. Because there are great rewards I want to give you. There are great rewards on earth and in heaven. That I want to give you. We have to understand that even though we're out of the judgment side of things, we still need to judge ourselves today so that we don't fall into traps later. It's what God wants for our life. A physical, a spiritual, physical in our life. I talked about David earlier today. And I had said how David uh, was just after God and his mission as a, as a, as a, a shepherd. And because his heart was so inclined in the field. Come on, think about it. David, who's 12, 13 years old, every day got to go to Bah. What's up, Bob? Bah. Hey, Phil. Bah. Felipe, my bro, how you doing, man? Every day. And he was faithful to it. He was I think about it sometimes. I'm very animated. I love, I love reading the Bible because I feel like I'm there. You got to do that because it feels like you're there. You know, and I, and I think about the lion and the bear that he, he uh, had to endure and fight. And you know he was looking for it. I don't think it came to him. I think he went to, I need some action in this place, man. Like, come here. <laughs> it's, it's, again, it, he was faithful to it. But because his heart was in tune and set before God, God took him from glory to glory. He says, oh, you are so faithful of leading these sheep, I know you're going to be faithful of leading my people. That's because he looked at the heart. And yeah, David had some hiccups in life, but it shows his heart was still humble, he still repented, and God was still for him, and he labeled him a man after God's own heart. David is known as a man after God's own heart. It's a set it Check it, attitude we need to have. We need to set our hearts to God and check our hearts daily. It's the sound of a heartbeat. Set it, check it, set it, check it. We need to constantly set our hearts and check our hearts. With set our hearts to God and check our hearts on a daily basis. So there are three ways I'm going to give you quickly to, to set your hearts uh, towards God. The three ways I can give it to you, okay? And the first one is that you can set your heart... In God's word. You can set your heart in God's word. A lot of times you can say, well, yeah, Jesse, I kind of know that already. But my challenge to you is, are you though? Are you really, really setting your heart in his word? Or are you checking it off the list that I read today? Are you, are you setting your hearts in his word? Or are you just reading a verse a day because I'm just not a quick good reader and I'm finding an excuse to get out of it? To feel good for myself. I think about um, times where, <laughs> times where I, I know I'm supposed to be eating better. And I'll eat maybe a burger. 
And I'm like, oh, you know that feeling when you're like, I don't want to, oh, why did I eat that burger? You regret it afterwards. So you eat an apple just to feel good about yourself. You guys know what I'm talking about? You'll just eat the apple. And you don't, you're not even hungry. You just eat it because it'll make me feel better. And I think a lot of times we treat his word that way. You know, we, 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 we know deep down in our heart we're not really diving into scriptures the way he wants us to. So we just read something real quick to make us feel good for the day, and I'll start all over tomorrow. And then we wake up, and we realize, man, I'm so tired, God. Your word says get rest, and I'll get rest then. Like, you start finding excuses, and God doesn't want that. He's saying, I need you to set your heart in my word. Saturate yourself like a sponge in the water. Saturate yourself so when life squeezes you, you get lemons. No, you don't get lemons. But the, when life squeezes you, the word comes out of you. That's what said in your heart and his word means. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. He's saying this is important. Keep it. Remind it. Read it all day, every day. He says, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There it is. God's desiring something. He says it doesn't produce what God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which you which can save you. And he's not talking about saving from salvation. Jesus did that. He is the living word. But he's also talking about circumstances in life. He can save you from that trap, from that, that bind that you're in, the entanglement that you, that you fall, fell into, the ropes of sin. He can pull you out of He can save you if you will follow his word. He can save marriages. He can save financial, uh, he can give you financial freedom. He can save relationships. He can save your relationship between parent and child if you follow his way. If you humble yourselves, accept his word that's coming in you, he can save you. The word of God can save you. That scripture I just read requires three, four attitudes. Four attitudes, not three. But four attitudes. And those attitudes are this. You must be quiet so God can listen or God can speak and you can listen to him. You must be calm. Because he's not a God that wants to be rushed. He's a God who knows perfect timing. Did you know that God, did you know that God is about divine appointments and not due dates in life? You see, a lot of times we put a due date in ourselves. We put the due date. And when we put a due date on ourselves, guess what comes along with it? Pressure. Because we were committed and planning to lose weight in two weeks. I was going to lose 30 pounds in two weeks. And pressure comes and we hurt ourselves. We hurt ourselves. But God is not about due dates. He doesn't put a due date in your life of an expectation. He says, I work in divine appointments. You're going to need this this season right now. And sometimes we think we need it in a different season. He says, no, I know perfect timing for your life. And we always say it when we're coming to the, to the, to the nitty-gritty and it's getting close and then God pulls through. We always say it. We all confess it. God's timing is perfect. We always confess that <laughs> because we've experienced that we were okay the whole time. Now, we wanted something different. We put a due date on God, but God says, I work on divine appointments. 
So he says, he says, uh, you have to be calm when you do this, okay? The third attitude he says is, you must be true. And what, what do I mean by that? Look, if you're sin, in a sin or sinning, confess it to God. Be true to him so he can extend mercy and forgiveness to you. Don't conceal it. Okay, let it go to him. Let him know you're in this rut that you need, and he will give you a direction of who to talk to or what to do. Because that's what his scripture does in our hearts. And the one, last one is that you need to stay humble. I talked about it already. Be humble uh, because when he's telling you to do something, be ready to do what his word tells you to do. It took a long time for me to just follow what God wanted me to do. But there was a friend in my life that tilled the ground in my heart so I could finally accept the word of God and do what God called me to do. And this is this today. And God has the same thing for you. There's something he wants you to do in, in your life. But you have to humbly accept him. All right, the second way that you can set your heart uh, towards God is set your heart for worship. Okay, set your heart for worship. Hebrews, I'm going to read some scriptures to you. And I'm praying that this will just sink in. Hebrews 10, 22 to 23. The Bible says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water he's saying i don't want you to have a guilty conscience i want you to be cleansed if you're living in a guilty conscience that means you haven't applied this yet if you would just apply it you it would wash it away his word will wash it his worship will wash it away matthew 18 20 for where two or more two or three gather in my name there i am with them now check out psalms 100 verses 1 and 2 shout for joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs there is just something about worship that melts the heart we experienced that today didn't we we experienced that today didn't we there's just something about worship that melts the heart it's an atmosphere thing it's a spiritual thing it's a spiritual physical that God's working in us that's why we when we lift our hands and we come in and we worship we're saying oh God thank you so much and we're praising his name we're thanking him we're glorifying him we're on our knees and then a thought comes why was I rude to that person yesterday why did I yell at my kids why did I say this behind my boss's back you know what's happening right your heart is being worked on in an atmosphere, and God is doing something, and he's leading those thoughts to make you repent so you don't do it no more. That's, that's what worship does. When we set our hearts in the worship, that's why I say don't skip out on worship. Don't say, oh, message starts at 1030, I'll, I'll come in at 1030, because you're missing out on the tilling of the ground. I'm going to throw seed at you. God's going to throw seed, but it's just going to bounce off. Because the ground's not soft. It's so important, even at home, it's so important that you enjoy and you experience and you dive into worship. Because tilling of the ground is happening. I've worked up on the wrong side of the bed before. I've had a tough week leading up to a Sunday. But the moment I encounter worship and give it to God and the atmosphere is all there, man, it softens my heart. I'm hugging my kids. I'm kissing my wife. I'm, I'm texting my mom, I love you. Because there's something about worship that impacts the heart. Set your heart for worship. Set it for worship. The last uh, thing that you can do, and I'll close it with this one, to set your heart is this. 
Set your heart to inspire others. Set your heart to inspire others. I look around this room right now and I see hidden treasure. I know there is treasure. I know there is preachers in here. I know there is teachers in here. I know there is prophetic people in here. I know people that are prayer warriors. There's a prayer warrior in here somewhere. There is someone in here that's knowledgeable of the word of God. And, and just there are, there are people in here that are great students and disciples of God. There are, there are, can I be honest with you? There are missionaries in here. There are missionaries in here. They're being called to go to the other side of the world. But what's happening is you're burying it. You're burying it. And I'm not the one to draw it out of you. I'm the one to speak the word of God so the spirit of God draws it out of you. You see how God works? A lot of times, <laughs> I remember being really young in the Lord and not wanting to talk to a pastor that was very knowledgeable because he would know everything about my life. And I got some hidden stuff. But reality is I learned that they don't know everything. It's just the spirit will speak to them in moments needed. I've had a person, really, I'm not joking, years ago, I had a person walk up to me and said, dude, somebody told you, man. And I told him not to tell anybody. I was like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that I did this and you said it in the platform. Dude, that wasn't me. That's God. Obviously, something has got to happen here. And I was able to lead them out of that garbage that they were in. That's the spirit of God drawing out. And I know that there is hidden treasure in here. But a lot of times what we tend to do is allow this thought life here stop from what's happening here. Because when God says, I want you to go do, do or when God says, I want you to go do this, you need to go. I want you to take a 10-day trip. I got four kids to think about. And God says, well, I gave you a husband who loves me and loves your kids. Yeah, but do you know my husband? <laughs> we come up with these excuses. We come up with these excuses when God is telling us to do something. I faced that battle, too, last year. Philippines, other side of the world, never flew in a plane. What? What? You want me to what? You know, what you guys saw was a confident Jesse up here. I'm going to the Philippines. Woo! You didn't see Jesse behind the curtains. You didn't see Jesse when he was in his prayer closet. God, if you could take this cup away from me, but your will be done. I'm not joking. And the Lord says, you know what I said. And I said, then I'm going to do what you want me to do. And then you saw the parade. You saw the rest of the stuff. There is hidden treasure in here. I only share that because there is gold in here, inside here. It's your hearts. And God has been saying something for a while. And you're just not moving. But it's time. It's time. This dying world needs you. God and the kingdom of God needs you. Jesus, the head, needs you, the body. He needs hands. He needs feet. He needs to make sure that you do something so he can direct you in what you need to do. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to inspire somebody. Our former pastor that launched this place, he inspired me. I'm like, man, this guy, he's a leader. He's awesome. He knows the word of God. I want to know the word of God. And then God brought me around other men. And I'm like, wow, this guy's very awesome. He's very talented and gifted. I want to be that. And it inspired me to do the same thing. This guy knows scripture by heart and memorized it. I want to memorize it. These men in my life inspired me when they were just living for Jesus. And God wants you to do the same thing. Seek him. Find him. 
Get ready to set your heart towards others. I'll close it with this scripture. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near. You know what he's saying, right? There is a day coming where he is going to pick up his people. It's going to be too late for some, but today it's not too late. Don't be so focused on when is that day and start focusing on today is the day that the Lord has made for me. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do something. But it's on you. The next few weeks, we're just going to do a physical a spiritual, physical in our hearts, please show up next week. Come, bring your family, bring your friends. We're excited uh, for what's going on, and I know God's going to touch your guys' hearts. Let's all close our eyes and bow our head. Father, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. I thank you that we're able to come together, even at home, Father. I thank you for those people that are watching from home, Lord. You see their hearts. Jesus, I ask you, I ask you, Father, boldly, even daringly, Father, to bring conviction to all our hearts. Areas that we're not right in, Father, bring that conviction. If there's somebody here in this room right now, or maybe you're watching online, and you have never genuinely given your life to Christ, the Bible says if you believe with your heart, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, he will save you right where you're at. Acts talks about, Acts chapter 4 talks about there is no other name but the name of Jesus. If you want to take your steps with Jesus and start having him as your Lord and Savior in every part of your life, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. If it's you online, just God sees where you're at. If you shoot your hand up to you, but God sees right where you're at. One, two, three. God bless you. I see you, bud. Anybody else? God bless you. I see you over there. Anybody else? This is your time. All right, you guys can put your hands down. Look, if you, if you raise your hand at home and, and you're ready to take that next step, please repeat this prayer after me. Church that are here, please just repeat this after me because God's going to do an intervention in you right now. By the way, this is not a due date uh, for you. It was a divine appointment. He wanted you here on purpose. That's why he got you here. There probably was oppositions trying to get here. You probably had technical difficulties listening online. But God says, I'm God. I'll make it happen. Just trust me. Repeat after me and say, God, Thank you. Thank you for saving my life. I believe that you gave your son to die for my sins. But he didn't just die. He rose from the grave. Death had no sting on him. We thank you, God. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to put your spirit in my heart. Revive me so I can be a part of revival. In Jesus' name. And we all celebrate by saying amen and amen. Give it up for those that made a decision, the best decision you could possibly make.
Hey, if that was you here in the room or maybe online, one way or another, connect with us. Connect with me, my wife. You can email us. You can, you can comment below. You can messenger us. Whatever you think is best. We just want to help you on your next steps in your journey because this is the best decision that you can possibly make in your life.